But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you, and from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Lord, these words say that they are for those who hear. So we pray, Lord, that even now you would prepare us to hear these words, these words of your son, these famous words, these familiar words. Help us to hear them anew. Help us to see your character in them and help us to become more and more children of the most high. And we ask this in the name of your son. Amen. Well, good evening. Hello, good evening. Yes. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Um, so for the last couple of weeks or <clears throat> the last stretch of time, we've been in this gospel of Luke and we've been drawing attention to it. And um, last week, Jay talked about the first part of this famous sermon called in Luke's gospel, the sermon on the plain. And really what's at the heart of this sermon is what's at the heart of Luke's gospel. If you think about Luke's gospel, it's about the kingdom coming and it's about grace breaking in. And when the kingdom comes, when the rule and reign of God comes in the form of his son, who is the king, and when grace comes and breaks in our lives, things get turned upside down. And that's the nature of God's kingdom is that it's upside down. So last week we talked about these blessings and woes and everything seems to be upside down. But from the beginning, from the moment that God started moving in Zechariah and Elizabeth's hearts and Mary's heart, he said that this is what he was gonna do with this king that was coming. That's the nature of Mary's song, the Magnificat. She said, God is coming. God's king is coming and he's going to turn everything upside down. He's going to scatter the proud. He's going to cast down the mighty. And then he's going to exalt the humble and he's going to fill the hungry and he's going to send the rich away empty. That sounds a lot like what Jesus said last week in the blessings and the woes. It's the poor who are blessed, but the rich who are sent away. And we see not just the kingdom breaking in, but the grace of God breaking in. And we see that in Jesus's first sermon. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. Jesus goes back to his hometown, is handed the scroll of Isaiah, reads that passage, says it's fulfilled. 
He's saying, in effect, it is the year of Jubilee. It is the year of the Lord's favor. It is the season, the time, the moment of grace. And this grace breaking in, this inbreaking of the favor and the mercy of God is good news for the poor. It is liberty for the captives. It is sight for the blind. It is the year of the Lord's favor. So when we hear again the blessings and the woes through that lens, we see that Jesus is coming as the king. He's coming as a gracious one and he's flipping everything upside down. And those blessings and woes, He's turning our expectations of what true happiness, what true blessedness, what true depth and meaning and true value in our life is. He sets up this contrast in the blessings and the woes between those who seek the kingdom, the poor are blessed because they will be given the kingdom, but the rich are those of woe because they have received their consolation. There's a contrast between the kingdom and consolation. And this week in these words, Jesus turns our attention to our own sense of moral goodness and he flips all of that on its head too. So again, the first verse before us, verse 27, Jesus says, but I say to you who hear, and that's the question for us tonight. Can we be those who hear? Even if these words are very deeply familiar to us, these are perhaps some of the most famous words of Jesus, the most famous words in all of scripture. Can we hear them? Can we be those who hear? Can we be those who receive? I know that I need to hear them anew. I'm gonna tell you a silly story to illustrate why I need to hear these words. So I'm in a coffee shop and I'm reading the words, studying the words, judge not lest you be judged. And I don't know if you can tell by the everything about me, but I like expensive coffee. <clears throat> so I'm like, do you know the stuff white people like? I'm like patient zero of stuff white people like. That makes sense at all. So I like expensive coffee. I'm in a coffee shop. This girl orders a pour over. Pour overs are glorious, right? Single origin beans, someone delicately pours the water over it. It's just a beautiful thing. The right temperature with the right beans, it tastes great. So this girl gets a pour over. I'm like, nice choice. But then she walks over and she puts cream in it. Okay. <laughs> That's fine, I get it, my wife drinks coffee with cream. I've come to accept that some people do that. But then she reaches for the pink packet, for the sweet and low, and she puts it in a pour over. I'm like, why are you spending the extra four bucks? You don't care what this tastes like, just get the drip coffee. I'm sitting there studying for this sermon. Judge not. Take the log out of your own eye, Jesus says later. And my heart is like your heart. We're all like this. I ran across an article called The Bad News on Human Nature from 10 Findings from Psychology. The Bad News on Human Nature from 10 Findings of Psychology. Because we need psychologists to tell us how bad we are. So there are 10 studies, and some of the headings are really bad, but I want to focus in on one. Basically, There's a phenomenon called the actor-observer asymmetry. That's very psychological sounding, right? The actor-observer asymmetry, which means that we have a tendency to attribute other people's bad, bad deeds to their character and our bad deeds to our circumstances. Does that make sense? So when we look at other people doing something, we say, they did that because they are bad. I did that because I didn't have a choice. You don't know, I was tired, I was sick, I was hungry. I couldn't not do that. And Jesus, that's what he's talking to us and saying, that's what we're like, okay? That's what our hearts are like. So again, can we be those who hear? 
Can we hear what Jesus is saying? And I just invite you to reflect on when Jay was reading the gospel, what did you hear? You know, love your enemies, bless those who persecute you, turn the other cheek. That sounds great, Jesus, but how do I do that? Are you really calling me to that standard of love? Is that what you're wanting from me? So he says these things. And if we're honest, they, they sound like madness, right? On the surface of things and the way that the world typically works, this sounds crazy. Love your enemies. Do good, though, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To the one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And then the part that we actually like to quote, the golden rule. And as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. As you wish that you wish others would do to you, do so to them. I'll be honest and say that those were the words that I heard anew when I was studying, the as you wish part. Do unto others as you would have them do to you. That's typically how I say it, right? But as you wish, not just people's basic desires, but their wishes, their, the, the depth of who they are. That's how we're supposed to imagine treating other people. How do I wish to be treated? Not how has the world trained me to expect to be treated? But how do I wish that other people would treat me? It's kind of an inverse of walk a mile in somebody's shoes. It's like you put the other person in your shoes and then you say, if they were me, how do I wish, or if the situation was reversed, how do I wish that I would be treated? It expands the, the definition of the golden rule, I think. And Jesus, I think, anticipates how we, we think of the golden rule, which is, we think of the golden rule as just a nice way of saying tit for tat, right? We think of it as a nice way of saying quid pro quo. But the next verse is, Jesus just dismantles that. He's saying, okay, I'm not saying it's quid pro quo. I'm not saying if you scratch my back, I'll scratch your, yours. Because he drops this bomb. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? <laughs> It's not quid pro quo. It has to be something more than that. For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who good, do good to you, what benefit is that to you? And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. What Jesus is saying is quid pro quo is how the world already works. Simple reciprocity is the way the world already works. That's how Greco-Roman culture worked. That's how Jewish culture worked. Eye for an eye is the negative inverted version of this, right? You, you slap me, I slap you, you take my eye, I take your eye, right? Jesus is saying there's something deeper. It's more than simple reciprocity. One commentator that I was reading said this, that simple reciprocity cannot change the world. Well, why not? Because that's the way the world already is, right? If I love those who love me, that's already happening. If I do good to those who do good to me, that's already happening. Jesus is talking about something deeper. He wants to move us beyond a minimal ethic, a sinner's ethic. He says, this is how sinners act, meaning that's just how people in the world already think 
and act. I'm talking about something else. He wants us to move from that ethic to a maximal ethic, which is enemy love. There is no more maximal love than loving your enemy. And that is the nature of God's love. But then he deepens the point even more, or depending how you're feeling right now, twists the knife even more. (laughs) But love your enemies and do good and lend everything, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. I love Jesus in the Gospel of Luke. He has these little zingers. This is one of them. Another one's in Luke chapter 11 when he's talking about prayer. And he says, if you who are evil know how to give good good gifts to your children, how much more will God give good gifts to you? And he just slips that in there. You're all evil, right? We agree. Um, And that's what he's saying here too, that God is his character, his nature, is to be kind. To whom? To the ungrateful and the evil. Reciprocity is based on gratitude in a lot of ways. You give me a gift, I say thank you, right? Or you invite me to your birthday party, I give you something, right? So we're just, you're paying for a bottle of bourbon and now I'm paying for a bottle of bourbon and we're just doing this. That's simple reciprocity. Jesus is saying there's something else because the character of God is, he is kind to whom? The ungrateful and the evil. And he says, when we are like that, then we are sons of the most high that we are his children, that we reflect his character. So Jesus is the depth of the golden rule is be kind to the ungrateful and the evil because God is. It's not just this simple back and forth that we can be so tempted to move it back to. So then he moves back into the verse where I got in trouble with my coffee judging. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will be put into your lap, for with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. The measure that you measure, it will be measured back to you. So, in this image about measurement, Jesus takes us into the marketplace. This is an image of merchants. They have measures. So imagine going to Sprouts or some grocery store that has bulk. And it says one cup on it, but really, it's half a cup. So you you think you're getting a cup, but it's actually only half a cup. So Jesus is talking about all this stuff in the Old Testament that's in the background about not using false measures or false scales. It's an easy way to make money. I think about this every time I open a bag of chips, right? It's mostly air. Or you get a box of cereal. It's just air, mostly. And what the image that Jesus gives is like, imagine a box of cereal where at General Mills, they fill the bag and then they have a machine that shakes it and it all settles down and then they pour more cereal in and then they shake it and they press it down. But not too hard because they're not crumbling your cereal. They're just getting the most cereal in there and you're not paying for air. That's kind of what Jesus is talking about. That's how God gives to us in a boundless way, in a measureless way, in an overflowing way, in an abundant way. He is generous to us. And he's saying, that's what children of the most high are like. We are called to give in a boundless way. But as the gospels make clear and the rest of the New Testament make clear and the history of Christianity make clear, 
We can only give in that boundless way if we have received in that boundless way. To the extent that we have received the boundless grace of God, can we give out of the overflow of that to other people? She who was forgiven much loves much, Jesus says of the woman who extravagantly poured out the perfume on her feet. We have to see ourselves in her shoes, that we have received in a boundless way the grace, the love, the mercy, the kindness of the Most High. And in that sense, we will then become children of the Most High. So these verses are about morality. Yes, how you behave and how you respond to people and how you should treat people. But they're about something deeper because they're really about who we are. Are, are we children of the Most High? Are we like him? Are we like the one who is kind to the ungrateful and kind to evil? Later in this sermon, in the verses that follow, Jesus says that a good tree bears good fruit and a bad tree bears bad fruit. That's Jesus' way of getting out what I'm trying to say is you can't just... I've heard somebody say this before. You can't just staple good fruit to a bad tree and say that it's a good tree, right? The good tree has to make the good fruit. So the question is, am I not, am I turning the other cheek? Or all, It's what kind of tree am I? And what kind of fruit am I producing? And do I have the character of the most high? And do I know that Jesus is the one who did this to the utmost? Do I know that the son of the most high, the last Adam, as Paul's words said from 1 Corinthians, the first Adam, he was trouble. The last Adam, he's gonna save us. We gotta follow him. He shows us what it is to be human. And what does Jesus do? Well, he loves his enemies. He blesses those who persecute him. He doesn't just turn the other cheek. He gives all that he is, mind, body, and soul, over to the hands of his enemies. He doesn't judge, he is judged for us. He is the one who gives and gives and gives and gives the boundless measure of the grace of God. The image from Psalm 23 came to my mind when I was thinking about this image of an overflowing cup. Because David says in that Psalm that you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies and my cup overflows in a boundless, measureless way because for us of the cross. The cross is the great display of enemy love, right? And it makes our enemy love possible. It makes it possible for us to turn the other cheek. In the book of, of Romans, in chapter five, Paul says this. Think of this image of pouring. Think of this image of overflowing. He says, the love of God has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still helpless, at that time, Christ died for the ungodly. He is merciful to the ungrateful and the evil. At that time, Christ died for the ungodly. He pours his spirit into our hearts so that it boundlessly and graciously overflows and that spirit is the spirit of adoption. That spirit is the spirit that makes us sons and daughters of the most high. It's that spirit crying in our hearts, 
by which we can say, Abba, Father. It's that spirit who by slow degrees transforms us into the image of the son who is the one who perfectly loved and perfectly loves his enemies. And that is how we become the kind of people who love like this. It's not by going out and deciding like, well, when somebody hits me this week, I'm really gonna try and turn the other cheek. We can't just, then that's just us going back to, I'm gonna staple some fruit to the tree and see how it goes. You gotta change the tree if you wanna change the fruit. The freedom that the spirit gives us is the freedom of the children of God. That's what Paul goes on to say. And I would say that that freedom comes from radical dependence on the father through the power of the spirit. That is Jesus in the gospel of Luke. He is radically dependent upon the father by means of the power of the spirit. And that's how he shows us we're meant to live. And we are adopted by that spirit. That spirit pours his love in our heart. And to love like that, to love with the spirit's love, to love with God's love, to me is a measure of our freedom. If we can love like that, it shows that we're free. If I don't have to retaliate, man, there's freedom in that. If I don't have to grab what I believe is mine, there's freedom in that. If I can let it go because I trust in the Father who is kind to the ungrateful and the evil, there's freedom in that. So this way of life that Jesus is calling us to is a path of freedom, I believe. So it is through radical dependence on the Father, through the power of the Spirit, that we can grow into this. And it is through that, that in and through our lives as the body of Christ, that the kingdom continues to break into the world, that the grace of God continues to break into the world, that the year of Jubilee continues to break into the world as a witness to what God will do when he sets everything to right. And that's what we're called to as the children of God. Let us pray. Lord, I pray first that uh, we'd be those who hear, that you would give us eyes to see and ears to hear. And Lord, I pray that, um, first of all, we wouldn't hear these words as a, as a fundamentally something to do, but more something to be. Um, I do pray that they would challenge us to ask those questions. Are we children of the Most High? Are we walking in the measure of freedom that you've given us? And I pray even now that you would minister to us in the power of your spirit and you would remind us that it is through him that you've poured your love into our hearts. And love is your great gift to us. Love is your very character. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you are kind to the ungrateful and the evil because I am often ungrateful and I am often in the depths of my heart evil and yet you love me and you have promised to change me. You've promised to change us and we pray that you would continue to transform us into your image and we ask this in the name of Jesus who is the last Adam, the man of heaven. Thank you. Amen.